Welcome to the Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired Baltimore police sergeant. In the Law Enforcement Today radio show, we are joined by special guests. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, their families, and the community. We'll also be discussing issues in the news from the perspective of those in law enforcement. Check out our daily articles on our website, lawenforcementtoday.com. And while you're there, download our free app. Be sure to like and follow us on Facebook. Search for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. He's a police officer. He defies many stereotypes that are portrayed about police officers. And he founded a groundbreaking program for youngsters that is spreading across the country. And he's coming up on the Law Enforcement Today Show. The Law Enforcement Today radio show is brought to you in part by the Help for Our Heroes program at Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725 online at helpforourheroes.com. The Help for Our Heroes program at Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for substance abuse, addiction, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Plus, they offer complete treatment for mental health issues for those without substance abuse problems. Finally, our heroes have access to a world-class program for PTSD, anxiety, depression, and more. In addition to multiple rehabilitation and holistic treatments for all those that suffer from substance abuse problems, the Help for Our Heroes program at Transformations Treatment Center is a nationally acclaimed veterans and first responders treatment program where law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the separate and highly specialized treatment they need. Their program features first responders and veterans helping first responders and veterans. Got questions? They have the answers at the Help for Our Heroes program at Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at helpforourheroes.com. Calling us from California, we have police officer Todd Smith on the phone. Todd is a member of the Colton, California Police Department. Todd, thanks so much for joining us on the Law Enforcement Today show. Uh, thanks for having me. It is a pleasure, and I'm, I'm just so excited to talk with you about, I'll be honest with you, some groundbreaking programs you have that, let's get into it. You're a police officer. How long have you been a police officer? Uh, this will be my 16th year. So in, uh, you're, August. you're by no means a rookie. You've been doing this for quite a while. And currently, you are a school resource officer. Is that what they call you guys out there? Uh, I'm currently uh, assigned to the patrol uh, unit. But uh, for the schools, they're they're known as SROs, okay, school resource gotcha. officers. Gotcha. The reason why I bring that up is, uh, Todd, we're going to find out more about it. Todd came up with, a, I think, a pretty cool, a pretty groundbreaking program to help youth and let's just go ahead and talk about that it's called fuel for success yes sir yes sir and what is it about actually fuel for success is a program uh that i started in 2007 uh at that time i was assigned as at a school as a school resource officer for our department I initiated uh, the the program. Basically, um, it was an accident uh, that turned into something uh, that turned out to be, as you called it, groundbreaking. I was invited to a uh, local NASCAR race here in, in California uh, by a friend who I worked with. And as soon as I got to the track and saw the cars and the wheels, the wheels turning and, and, and the sound, 
my wheels start turning in my mind and, and, and started thinking that this might be something that I could turn into uh, a program here in California. So I then, uh, right away uh, on Monday, when I got back to the track, we're talking about the race on Sunday, back on Monday in my office, and I'm making phone calls to uh, race teams, and I had no idea on who to call, who to talk to. The very first team that I spoke to was, uh, at that time, uh, Richard Childress Racing, and uh, I got a hold of, by some assistance with the person who answered the phone, put me on with, gave me the contact information for uh, the Shell Communications uh, representative for that car. At that time, it was the Shell Pennzoil 29 car that was being driven by uh, Kevin Harvick. I remember those days, yeah. Yeah. So um, I then uh, spoke to that, that uh, representative. He liked the idea asked me if I had considered uh, doing it out of uh, Fontana and other areas. And I was so excited about getting getting this thing started and the idea of what it could uh, possibly become. I had already reached out to uh, other police departments. The very first police department I reached out to just to see if there would be some interest was Oakland Police Department, and they were all over it. Uh, and, and, and it's sort of been that way uh, since then. When we have, as all of all of police, all police departments have right now, budgets. Uh, when you approach them with something that's uh, a youth program or a community program, and the bill is being taken care of by a great supporter like like I've had in Shell, um, all of the departments all are all over it, and and I've yet to have one to turn away from the program. So I, initial- I'd love to see my former agents that retired from Baltimore get on board with this, and this is. I mean, there's great programs out there like PAL, Police Athletic League, and other programs. But this one, and you're going to details it a bit, this one takes it to a totally different level. And and the fact that you went to a NASCAR race, which I understand you really had no involvement with NASCAR before or auto racing to that degree. And then you went back and said, hey, the wheels were turning, and you picked the phone. This You're a beat cop. You picked the phone, you called... Richard Childress Racing, which is one of the top teams in NASCAR, and start making things happen, which blows my mind. Yeah, yes. It's not supposed to work like that. It's not It's not supposed to be where, hey, I'm a cop, and this is what I'm thinking. Uh, what do you think? And things start happening. It, it's not things that we're supposed to be doing. Yeah, and that's. I, I think that's a unique uh, thing about this program is, um, and, it, and it stayed the same, you know, all from 2007 to, to date. Being a police officer certainly has helped to to be able to talk to some folks that we normally wouldn't be able to just get on the phone. But the other side of that is, uh, Jay, the cooperation that I've got from just about everyone, uh, even from that initial call, calling Richard Childress Racing, uh, the guy who got on the phone and I told him what I was trying to do, he bent over backwards to try to get me contact to the to the next person. And that really helped to keep me going as far as uh, being so enthusiastic about trying to get it started. And that um, assistance that I got from that initial call, I have received that type of assistance through all of these years from all of the different agencies. And I'm talking about different sponsors that are opposite of of Shell, different uh, race teams that are opposite of Penske, Everyone that um, I've been in contact with, and not just myself, but the other police departments that are across the United States, 
everyone has really bent over backwards to help us with our goal, and that uh, hasn't changed from day one, and that's to, uh, as, as a police officer, as I was back then, assigned at a, at a school, to, to build on the relationships that we have with the kids at the schools so that we uh, are not just at the schools writing tickets to kids, but we're, we're there and, 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 and sincerely making a difference in their lives. And as most of the officers have done, and a lot of them have done, on the weekends when they're out uh, on Sunday with these groups of kids, they, they spend a lot of their own personal time doing so. And, and I think that's, that says a lot, uh, and a lot of that goes unheard and unwritten and unreported. So it's really, I think, an honorable thing. It's a very honorable thing. And you're absolutely right about that, Todd, that back in my patrol days as a post officer, when we had time, which wasn't always, it was a busy area, but when we had time, we loved hanging out with the kids and talking with the kids, and they found them to be very, very approachable. And little things like some sodas and some cookies and just hanging out and chatting was some of the best memories of my career. But to take it to do what you're doing now with Fuel for Success, by the way, their website is fuelforsuccess.org, it takes it to a totally different level. Uh, What are some of the things that you guys are doing that you offer kids? Well, when we initially started, um, it basically started as a a weekend event for the police officers to take kids, uh, and most of the officers, myself included, uh, selected kids that we have been trying to, to reach, that we've been trying to help at school and, and can't figure out a way to kind of kind of get to them. So we've invited we've invited kids that we're trying to, to help inspire to, to keep going uh, despite some of the very hard uh, barriers that they're confronted with um, in their daily lives. So a lot of the kids are at risk uh, that are invited on the weekends. Uh, that has morphed into some very, very interesting and exciting things for the kids. We now have some STEM projects that we do. We have kids that are building uh, air-powered cars, and they compete in Vegas. Uh, we started there in about about four years ago, and we started at one school, and now we have multiple schools within Clark County School District's uh, area. Uh, we have probably about... 10 middle schools that are competing uh, with with these uh, air-powered cars, sun, solar-powered cars, mousetrap cars. And I have always tried to try to think of, if I were a middle school kid, and this was a, another project, if I were a middle school kid, what would be a cool pr- uh, prize to, to go for? And some of these kids have no idea. So we uh, came up with a very unique, and, and I think, uh, as you mentioned, with just being able to call as a police officer, call a company, and get the person that's in charge of something and just get something ignited just from that one call. Well, we had we started the uh, auto uh, contest with the kids and the grand prize, uh, the first two girls to, to be part of that. Uh, we told them that we would surprise them at the track on Sunday with their prize, and they had no idea when we showed up at the track and, and the Las Vegas Metro P- Police Department and Nevada State Troopers and Clark County School District Police uh, escorted the group of kids into the track. They felt like they were like movie stars. And then when we escorted them down into the infield, and these two girls get close to Joey's car, and they see their their names on the back of his car, they just went crazy. That's crazy. And 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 so the the media was there, but just to see the girls' face when they looked at the back of his car, 
uh, with their names on it, and they turned into middle school girls. They stood there and looked at each other and just were, you know, t- tapping their feet up and down and, and giggling, you know. But that's, uh, that's another uh, really cool thing that we, we've done. But I think that um, when it really all boils down to it, we've done some anti-bullying stuff that has been really, really socially impactful. And we're going to take a, a short the- break on that note and come back talk more about this. We're talking with Todd Smith, police officer in California, about fuel for success, uh, heavily involved with NASCAR. You want to hear more about this groundbreaking program. This is Law Enforcement Today's show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Epidemic. America's public health crisis. These are all terms that describe the current problem of drug and alcohol abuse in the United States. Countless lives are lost and heartbroken families are too many to count. Transformations Treatment Center is dedicated to saving lives. Call 888-991-9725 and online at transformationstreatment.center. Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for addiction, substance abuse, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Transformations Treatment Center has many acclaimed treatment programs offering rehabilitation and holistic treatment for all those suffering from substance abuse problems. Transformations Treatment Center, call 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725 and online at transformationstreatment.center. Back to our conversation with police officer Todd Smith from Colton, California Police Department and also one of the founders of Fuel for Success. Get more details about what they offer online at fuelforsuccess.org, also on Facebook, Instagram as well. Todd, I think it's we'll talk more about what your program offers kids and, and why in a moment. One of the things I want to go back to and backtrack is I really loved, and most police I knew, loved spending time with the children where they worked. And unfortunately, there were times where I had known kids when they were 10 and 11 years old, and when you, I was there when they took their last breath at 15 and 16 because they got in the drug game, and for various reasons, they shorted or whatever, and were shot to death. And it was, and still is, particularly heartbreaking uh, because the news loves to use terms like uh, epidemic, but it is very prominent, and it can be very frustrating and powerless feeling. Yes, it can. Yes, it can. And it's it's such a waste to see unlimited potential from these youngsters that, for various reasons, I don't want to belabor what they are, but violent crime, drugs, addiction, th- th- it robs people of so many opportunities and affects so many lives negatively and, and communities as a whole. So when you guys are doing this, it just, man, if it just makes a difference in one kid's life, that's a huge success. Yeah, you know, Jay, and that's that's I think that's been one of the um, the really uh, prominent parts of this program is, I mean, it's one thing when you're doing something uh, in in your beat. I mean, we all have our beat, and we love our beat, right? And we do whatever we can to protect and and, and prevent crime in our beat. Well, it, there's nothing better than to extend that beat um, across the United States as we've done with this program, 
and it, it's really for me it's uh it's been personally rewarding uh, as police departments you know we always work together and we help other officers but there's nothing better than to be uh, at home on a on a sunday morning and looking at uh, some photos from a police officer that i know in fort worth who has a group of his kids from his community out at the speedway inspiring those kids and then have officers in new hampshire uh, doing the same thing and then officers in richmond virginia doing the same thing in detroit michigan um, and here in California, San Francisco, and Arizona, and Nevada. Well, really, no NASCAR is nationwide. It's it's all over the place. The, the people have this stigma in their mind that it's a, a good old boy Southern sport. And, yeah, that's where a lot of the history came from. But they, yeah. they are everywhere. And they've been racing in California for a very long time. Right now, it's Fontana, I believe. But it used to be Richmond and Ontario and that area before. Vegas, you name it. And the people involved in this sport are from all walks of life and all over the all over the world as a matter of fact now we've got drivers from mexico we've got drivers from northeast we've got drivers in upper midwest from california from deep south so it, it is very comforting to see that they're involved and just a personal story for me my father he died of cancer and when he was was made aware that he had terminal cancer i, I was hanging out with him i was like what do i do what do i say and he was a big NASCAR race fan. So on Sundays, I'd sit down and watch a race with him. And sometimes we talk and sometimes we just watch a race. And ever since then, I've become a fan. And part of it is because of the the nostalgia for me of going back and, and reliving those moments with him. You said earlier in 2007, you've never been to a track before. You went and something about the whole experience changed you. Yes. And that yes. sounds weird to someone who's going... But it's just cars going in a circle. But it's it's far more than that. But when you're there, the track, and you feel it, you really do. You feel the cars go by. It, it can be life-changing. So what happened to you? Well, for me personally, um, I, I started out, um, as I mentioned, you know, thinking about what I could what I could do with, with NASCAR and with racing, uh, with my position as a police officer and, and, and helping kids. Uh, and it started from there. Um, and then it morphed into me um, meeting some of the drivers. My very first driver that I met with was Kevin Harvick. Uh, and he's obviously then driving for Shell. Um, and, and just his personality, uh, watching him start from not really comfortable with the kids and the group uh, at the start of the race season when we started the program, and then watching him towards the end of the, the season coming in and not needing any of us to introduce him or, or intervene while he talked to the kids as he bargained with the kids about his hat and kids wanting his hat and, and so forth. And then now seeing him have his own his own kids. Um, and then with uh, Kurt Busch, who was a shell driver for a while, uh, and then now with, with Joey Logano and, and some of the Penske uh, uh, drivers that have filled in his, filled in his place on Sunday, when he can't meet with the group, uh, Ryan Blaney, uh, and, and, and meeting, meeting them and then talking to them off camera and, and, and away from everything and, and, and seeing that, that Joey in particular uh, sincerely, sincerely loves helping others. And that, that's been uh, a huge help for not just me, but all of the other police departments across the United States who he has spoke to our kids and given them inspiration to sort of keep moving forward despite, as you mentioned, some of those really hard 
difficult uh, decisions that they're confronted with on a daily basis. Um, so the program uh, has many benefits, but I think the ultimate benefit you've already mentioned, and that's if we can help one, and in our case nationwide, uh, a few thousand of kids a year, then we're doing our job as police officers. Because our number one job as police officers, regardless of the agency you're working in, regardless of the state it's locate, located in, and that's to keep people safe. That's right. And, and that's, that's definitely something that we're doing with all of the kids with, with this program. We're definitely uh, keeping them safe, but we're also helping them to make better decisions on how they can help us to keep them safe. It's so inspiring to hear uh, another officer talk like this, uh, in part because we don't hear that message about police uh, from the media whether it be social media or the news media, it's a it's a very different message that gets out there. And uh, you and I both know that that's certainly not an accurate portrayal of what our officers do on a daily basis. We are talking with Todd Smith, a police officer and one of the founders of Fuel for Success. This is Law Enforcement Show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. So many people ask me, how did I transition from police work to a career in radio? What did I do to become a music radio DJ? Plus, host of the syndicated Law Enforcement Today radio talk show and podcast. The answer is simple. I attended the Connecticut Schools of Broadcasting, where I learned by doing. At Connecticut Schools of Broadcasting's 11 East Coast campuses, students have learned by doing for 55 years. Radio, television, podcasting, and now coding for web development. At the Connecticut Schools of Broadcasting, students learn in months, not years. Day and evening classes are available. Connecticut Schools of Broadcasting is perfect for those graduating from high school, adults looking for new career training, first responders, and veterans, too. For veterans, some or all your tuition could be covered by your VA benefits. Connecticut Schools of Broadcasting has locations in Connecticut, Florida, Georgia, Massachusetts, New Jersey, New York, and North Carolina. Connecticut Schools of Broadcasting, training in audio-video production, television, sports, podcasting, radio, and web development. What are you waiting for? Get more information. Call 800-887-2346 or online at gocsb.com. For special offers and consideration, tell them you heard about them from Law Enforcement Today. That's 800-887-2346 and online at gocsb.com. Again, 800-887-2346 and online at gocsb.com. The Law Enforcement Today radio show has grown so much and so rapidly, we now have two Facebook pages. You can do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today radio show. That's a new page. Be sure to click like when you get there and follow. In addition, we have our main page, which is Law Enforcement Today. So do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today and be sure to click like and follow that one as well. Return our conversation with police officer Todd Smith from Colton, California Police Department. Just to recap, if you're just joining us, Todd is, I want to say, the founder of Fuel for Success, great program that is nationwide. There are law enforcement agencies across the country involved, NASCAR's involved, Penske Racing's involved, uh, Shell Oil's involved. Some great people making great things happen. And if you have a law enforcement agency that's interested in doing this, go to fuelforsuccess.org. And they can contact you through there, Todd? 
Yes, they can. Yes, right. they can. I'd love to see my old agency get involved, Baltimore Police Department. I would love to see some of the agencies in South Florida get involved. We've got agencies that are close to Daytona and also close to Homestead. I'm sure that they we, we could find a spot for as many that want to do that as well. One of the things that I don't think people really truly understand, Todd, about law enforcement in general is that my personal belief is for many of us, it's a vocation. Uh, it's a calling. If we didn't have it, for those who start off in the job, like the for steady income and benefits, all that stuff, they either get the bug where it becomes a calling for them or they tend to wash out. What motivated you to go into law enforcement? Uh, my my thinking was I wanted to do something. My kids were getting older, and I was a late starter. When I, I started the academy at 37. You were an old-timer when you started. Yeah, I was a. I was an old timer when I started. <laughs> I was academy. 20 but in the academy. I was, I was like a, a bald-faced kid. <laughs> yeah, there, there was uh, some younger ones there uh, when I went into the academy as well. So what made you think at that stage of your life that uh, your kids are getting older, I want to go in, I want to be a cop? Yeah, well, my kids were getting older, but I wanted to do something that, that I felt that my kids, when, when I got ready to retire, that, that I did something that they would respect. Well, when I um, decided that I was going to go into the academy, um, I think there's a lot of police officers that have ideas um, about what they want, which direction they want to go into. Uh, there's so many different details within law enforcement, as we know. Uh, canine, SWAT, uh, detectives, patrol, uh, school resource officer. Uh, when I went into the academy, I knew uh, before I even started the academy that I wanted to work with kids and I wanted to work at schools. Um, I had that already in mind uh, going into the academy. Um, I just had no idea that I would be able to get the detail um, in sh- such a short period of time after graduating the academy. It only took me about a year of patrol. Um, and then I was able to get into the assignment that I was looking forward to, to getting into. And what was your background before law enforcement? Uh, before background, um, I actually worked for here in, in California. We have a, a large uh, grocery chain, Vons. Um, I worked in a, a warehouse here in, in, in California for Vons for over 10 years, and, and Stater Brothers is another uh, grocery chain here. Uh, I did the same uh, for those two agencies in in, in the warehouse. That's pretty amazing to, to make that jump. But, but you know, I've heard that story from many, many people. I've heard people who are lawyers. I've heard people who, uh, of course, you and I have met a lot of military veterans that, that went into law enforcement and, and school teachers and people from all walks of life. And I guess that's yeah. one of the things that really aggravates me as a retired police is that the media, and uh, that's a broad term, but the media loves to shoehorn us into a certain type of category and certain type of personality. And, and our law enforcement people nowadays are more educated, more diverse backgrounds than even in the 80s. In the 80s, I jokingly say we had people from every walk of life that I worked with. We had Jewish, Muslim, Indian. Uh, we had uh, heterosexual. We had homosexual. We had gays, lesbians. And no one cared. No one cared at all. They just it teased each other a lot, camaraderie speaking. But just do your job handle your post handle your calls that's all we cared about yeah and I, I couldn't agree with you more but one of the things that i that i find jay regardless of the officers and and this program really has been the first part of me being able to like really see when i go to different states and i meet these officers and and i see these officers with their kids 
and how they are with their kids. It's it's weird because here in California, I know how I am when I was working schools and how I was with kids. When I go to the other states and I see the other officers with their kids, it's a mirror. It's a mirror of me. And then I go to another state and I see another officer and and I see another mirror of another officer. And as you mentioned uh, earlier in this in this segment, folks have they have a, a different um, they have their opinion and they get a lot of it as you mentioned through the media on what they uh, think about police officers. But one of the things that I think really, really gets brushed under the rug and, and not highlighted so much is the uh, the zeal that so many police officers have in, in helping others uh, without, without question, without wavering, uh, moving forward to help others. That gets lost a lot. Um, but I, I have been fortunate enough with this program to work not only with, with my police department, all of the folks I work with here, but I've been able to expand my borders um, and, and our city limits, uh, thanks to the cooperation I get with the administrators here in my department. Um, I've been able to work with other agencies all across the United States, and, and I see the one thing that we all have, uh, and even those that aren't a part of this program, we all have uh, right in front of us the most, most important thing, I think, is that zeal to help others and and specifically uh when we're dealing with kids um that that definitely is is uh, number one with a lot of us what's one way you would suggest for people I mean, both sides we could be uh people watching the media people that just we call them citizens just people of community getting to know their police better and and officers what can they do so that people can get a better idea of who and what type of individuals they are well, I, I think the, the the best thing for, for for people to do is if you can't if you can't get out and um, a lot of people can't go out and spend a lot of time away from home and 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 go into a police department or go into a city council meeting, but every, just about every police department now they have uh, social media. Our our police department included, they have social media, which which shows and it, and it really gives I think um, a a fair picture of your department because when you hear uh, different things come out from other agencies uh, you never know how that's going to be put out or how it's going to be portrayed well if you go through if you go and you visit or if you sign up and you follow uh, police department's Instagram page and you see some of the things that that you you definitely aren't going to see on the news every day well you get to you get to see uh, uh, officer Smith when he's doing this thing and you get to see officer Smith when he's doing something else. And I think once you get to, to know and recognize some of the officers within your community and some of the things that they're doing uh, away from uh, uh, the, the daily camera um, and some of the things that they're doing um, outside of their normal job. Uh, and, and a lot of times on their own, um, I think it gives people an honest view. And, and it, it, like, as you, as you mentioned, it gives them a chance to see, and, and to understand who these officers are and, and what type of people they are, and, and, and as well as we're not all alike. No, we're, we're so so diverse as a group. Even this, the standard joke back in the day in my department was, what the officer look like? He's a white guy in a mustache. Well, <laughs> you know, that was like everybody. I was one of those guys. One of the yeah. things that we were always taught to do is when we had time, which wasn't often, but it was a very, very busy district, is get out of the car when you could and walk around. Walk around the neighborhood and say hello to people sitting on their porch. 
and yeah. it, it wasn't always friendly. It wasn't always that they were happy to see you, but they got to know you and got to know your name. And a little trick, uh, this is a very little trick that an old timer taught me. He said, no matter whether it's cold or hot or whatever it might be, roll your window down about halfway. That way you can hear people, you can hear screams, you can hear gunshots, and someone says, hey, officer, and you can yell back to them, hey, how you doing? Little things like that. Uh, we are talking with police officer Todd Smith. This is a Law Enforcement Show. We're going to talk more about Fuel for Success and his groundbreaking program in NASCAR. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Finally, our heroes have access to a world-class program for PTSD, anxiety, depression, and more. The Help for Our Heroes program at Transformations Treatment Center provides a comprehensive range of treatments for substance abuse, addiction, co-occurring mental health disorders, and PTSD. Plus, they offer complete treatment for mental health issues for those without substance abuse problems. In addition to multiple rehabilitation and holistic treatments for all those suffering from substance abuse problems, the Help for Our Heroes program at Transformation Treatment Center is a nationally acclaimed veterans and first responders treatment program where law enforcement, firefighters, veterans, and all first responders receive the separate and highly specialized treatment they need. Got questions? They have the answers at the Help for Our Heroes program at Transformations Treatment Center. Call 888-991-9725. 888-991-9725. That's 888-991-9725. Online at helpforourheroes.com. If you've missed past episodes of the Law Enforcement Today show, Never fear. You can listen to them online. Just go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, or download our free app, also available on our website. That's lawenforcementtoday.com. Return conversation with police officer Todd Smith from Colton, California, police department, and also, I want to say, the founder of Fuel for Success. The, get more details online at fuelforsuccess.org. Doing great things for youngsters across the United States with NASCAR. You talked earlier in the conversation that uh, in 2007 is your first visit to a racetrack. I'm going to tell you a little story. Mm -hmm. My wife bought me as a present a Richard Petty driving experience uh, at Daytona where I got to drive uh, the equivalent of their like uh, next series down from the Cup Series car with the driver in the passenger seat. And it was one of the coolest things I've ever done in my entire life. And I thought, I'm, honestly, Todd, I'll tell you, I watch these guys drive and go, man, I could do what they do. After that eight-lap experience at Daytona, I was like, there's no way I could do what they do. There's just no <laughs> way I could be in a car for that long, in that kind of heat, with that many people talking, having that many cars close to you, and the decision-making that goes involved. The shape they're in, physically and mentally, defies the imagination. And when you watch it on TV, it seems like, hey, they're just turning left. It will blow your mind, I think. And I've never been able to, to get in the car and get on the track, but um, you got to do I've it, brother. It is I, so cool, <laughs> so cool. With your connections with NASCAR, someone's got to give you a shot in the seat for at least two or three laps. You think? Yeah, I, I've, I've actually had the opportunity to do it, but I don't know, Jay. It's something about climbing that window. If I have a door, I I'd probably do it, but climbing it through that window, being six five, is for me, it's not going to happen. Well, that is kind of tall. One of the, uh, the tallest drivers I think they had was Michael Waltrip, and he had a difficult time. I had a really, I'm six foot. I had a difficult time getting in and out of that door. But the person in front of me, when I was waiting in line, 
was a 70-year-old woman. And she, by the way, I averaged about uh, 136 miles an hour, and I thought I was doing something. Uh, she did like 160 <laughs> miles an hour. And uh, wow. she got in and out of that car like it was easy, easy peasy. Wow. It, it certainly makes you think, uh, most police I know think that they're great drivers. Yes, it, we it's, do, don't we? It's yes, totally we different, though. Did you find that the kids, when you ex- you expose them to that at the track, even if they don't come from a racing background or interest in racing, that, that they take to it quickly? Yeah, uh, yes, they do. And when I have my very first visit to the track and, and seeing the cars um, and then the start of the race and hearing it for the first time and the roar and feeling it as the cars went by, you know, I was thinking uh, right then, that wow, this is going to be something really cool. And um, watching the kids uh, at early on in the program, watching some of the groups of kids when we're telling them, hey, put, your, put, put those earplugs in, you know, before they come around and they get started and watching some of the kids say, nah, I'm not going to need them. You know, why, are we, why do we need earplugs? And, and then watching the cars come around that first time, uh, the look on all of the kids' faces is, is just, the, it would be the, if I could describe it, it would be, the look that kids have when they get off of their favorite roller coaster is the exact same expression. That's pretty cool. And I'm visualizing right now as we talk about it, because yeah. for someone listening, what's the big deal? If you've never been to a track, go and take the kids in, and you'll, you'll see what we're talking about. I've seen uh, shows where they have deaf fans that go and they stand in the infield very close to track and they feel the vibrations that goes by. One other aspect of NASCAR that I think that that is overlooked, that your kids might value, is the pit crews. A lot of them are college athletes. We we talk about college football players that couldn't make it in pro level or, or mm-hmm. basketball. That's a lot of the pit crews now, and they are highly trained athletes, and they're very sharp. They're smart, mentally sharp too. Yes, and, and it's, it's good you mention that because. Uh, that's one of the things that we've been able to uh, happen to with the program. When we take kids down the speedway um, in Vegas, for instance, this year, uh, the kids were able to, to meet uh, of uh, engine tires. And, and then for them to hear him tell them the story of being in the NFL, they looked at each other and they're like, you know, what? Uh, and he continued with with telling them how he went from the NFL to what he's doing now, and they, they were all like like extremely extremely attentive to what he was talking about. And, and as you mentioned, um, the different backgrounds that a lot of the guys on the on the pit crew they come from has been uh, something that's been very valuable to us. But not not just that, but their uh, the their kindness, the guys to always say, hey, if you ever need me, let me know. And their willingness to be there for us, for the kids, has been, you know, invaluable. I think that's phenomenal they do that. And, and one of the, I think, the great things about this, and I know we haven't had a chance to talk about a lot of the nuts and bolts of what you do and the programs you offer, but it's very easy for young people to get a very closed mindset about their community it's all they know they don't know life beyond for example they didn't know life beyond west baltimore they they'd never been to the inner harbor of baltimore never mind dc or north carolina or florida uh, so when you take children to the local racetrack and expose them to people from around the world it opens their horizons yeah that that's very true and we've 
we've had, uh, as you mentioned, just about every uh, state that we've had uh, groups of kids. Uh, that's the one thing that uh, a lot of the kids, um, unfortunately, um, have uh, in common, and that's uh, not being able to get out of their communities or, I mean, sometimes even their neighborhoods. So it's, it's been uh, really cool, I think, uh, for all of the officers to be able to uh, open up something something new to the kids so they so they so they have not just something that gives them uh, a different view on life and and all of a sudden they have you know something to reach for but very close uh, to them when they go back to school they have a, a, a police officer who they thought myself included being six five and in a uniform they thought I was unapproachable all of a sudden they see me on Sunday uh, in jeans and a t-shirt and I'm showing them uh, something new and inspiring them and, and, and showing them that, hey, we really care about you. We're not just saying that. Um, it gives them something right away uh, to reach for, but it also it shows them as you can't, I don't think you can really uh, put anything, pull anything past kids these days. Uh, they see through you if you're not sincere. So a lot of the kids that are, are being able to experience some of the different uh, uh, events and, and projects and programs with not just our police department, but in all of the other police departments, right away these kids are, are saying that, hey, uh, Officer Smith, Officer Wright, Officer um, uh, Williams, uh, you know, a lot of the other officers throughout our program, they realize right away, hey, he really cares or she really cares about us. Uh, and then all of a sudden that, that officer is more approachable to the kids, and that's been one of the primary goals for the program at, at its onset. And that's the way it should be. When I was a kid, uh, I, I don't know when it changed, Todd, but when I was a kid, we didn't have this attitude or the, the idea that somehow you wouldn't go to a police officer if you needed help. And then, but it, it seems to be that way, uh, primarily in social media, to the nth degree. And a lot of people just aren't that way. Um, I, I think the emphasis on making the police as human beings which we really are, is the most important thing of this and that they say, hey, if I'm having a problem, I can come talk to you. Where, where can yeah. people get more details? Whether a police department wants to get involved or uh, let's just say a corporation wants to help out or maybe someone like me who has a radio show wants to do something, where can they get more details about your program? Well, basically, uh, as you mentioned, uh, with me starting the program and making a call to to a race team not knowing if I was going to be able to talk to anybody to get anything started. Uh, our program is fairly simple, especially when we're dealing with one law, law enforcement agency with another. Uh, basically, sending an email to on the website, sending an email to the website, and, and then uh, having one police department talk to another police department or an officer to another officer and sending details. Uh, it's fairly simple. Uh, you know, it, and, and, and as I mentioned before, most of the police departments are are all over this program because we're, we've been uh, fortunate to have the support of Shell Pennzoil, Team Penske, um, Goodyear, Tire, uh, NASCAR. We've, we've had a lot of support uh, for our program, and that support uh, extends into the, the police departments in each of those communities with uh, being able to do some very neat projects and programs with kids and, and, and adults in some cases uh, in their city uh, without worrying about uh, putting a dent in in their budget. So that's it's a very simple process.
I think it's phenomenal what you're doing. Folks can get more details online. Their website is fuelforsuccess.org. You can also check them out on Facebook, Instagram. They're all over this thing called the World Wide Web. Police Officer Todd Smith, thanks so much for your service, and thanks so much for coming on the Law Enforcement Today Show. Thanks for having me. When you have a chance, be sure to go to our website, lawenforcementtoday.com, and download our free mobile app. We have a version for your Android and iPhone devices. It's 100% free. Get it at lawenforcementtoday.com. I'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the Law Enforcement Today show. We've got another great guest heading your way next week. Don't miss it. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya. See ya.